How's everybody doing this morning? Good. We're worn out from watching UK versus Louisville football, maybe. I hate to bring up such a sensitive subject at this time, but now's not the time or place. We'll do that later. Okay, so today we're going to talk about uh, the Lord's Prayer, and the Lord's Prayer is in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 5 through 15, and we will read that eventually. But remember from last week, Jesus warned us against giving so that uh, we could be seen by others for our own self-righteousness. And last week we had three points, and, and these points are still relevant in this lesson. Show when tempted to hide and hide when tempted to show is point number one. We need to analyze our motivation for everything we do before we do it. And we are performing for an audience of one. And this week we'll be, we'll be discussing prayer and Jesus has many of the same warnings for us. I'm trying not to turn my head so this mic keeps up with my mouth. So I hope today as we focus on prayer and how our hearts are supposed to be with prayer, that, that this, this message recharges our prayer life. If our, if our prayer life, a lot of times we pray the same old things about the same old things over and over. And I hope that today we're able to, to kind of recharge and regroup our prayer life. Our prayer life uh, should be kingdom focused and, and, and we should be thinking about uh, some of the things. We're going we're gonna to break down the Lord's Prayer today, but our prayers should be kingdom focused and kingdom oriented. And Jesus gives us a great example uh, with the Lord's Prayer in Scripture of how to pray. Prayer matters. Prayer is a lifeline for us. It's how we talk to God. God talks to us through His Word and we talk to God through prayer. And there is a right way and a wrong way to pray. And in Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14, Jesus points this out to us. It says, He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who, who exalts himself will be humbled, but the man who humbles himself will be exalted." So the Pharisee outlined in his prayer to God how great he was for all the things he does. He tithes, he fasts, he, he does all of these things that God tells us not to sort of gloat about uh, in his prayer. So Jesus basically is saying that this, this prayer is not a good prayer. But the tax collector simply beats his chest and says, Lord, I am... I am sinful, have mercy on me. And in the, in the eyes of Jesus, this was a, a God-honoring prayer. So it says that he went down to be, ju he was justified in his prayer. So the Lord was satisfied with this prayer because the tax collector was leaning on the glory of God rather than his own self-righteousness. And this, this is the same for us. Our prayer life should always be aligned with God's glory and the will of God. And remember from last week, our motivation matters. Our motive matters. We need to analyze our motivation in our prayer life uh, as we are praying. So what is your motivation? There are going to be a lot of rhetorical questions today. What is your motivation in your prayer life? Again, I hope 
I hope that today we get to to really analyze our hearts and sort of maybe hit a reset button. I'm kind of preaching to myself. I'm always preaching to myself up here, but my prayer life sometimes, I say, I've said it on Wednesday nights here, it's sort of the, if we think about the spiritual disciplines and the things that we do, scripture reading and, and these things, my prayer life sometimes falls falls low on the list. So I need, I need this message uh, heavily today. When our prayers are aligned with the will of God, there are no wrong prayers. So how do we do that? How do we align ourselves with the will of God? What is the will of God? Well, outlined in Scripture, the will of God in our lives, there, there's, a couple, there's a couple things outlined in Scripture. Repentance is one. We are to repent, and repentance is just a fancy word, which means to turn away from sin. So here's sin. We don't want sin. We go the other way. That is repentance. Belief in the message of the gospel, that is the will of God. We are to, he, he calls us to believe in, the, in His death, burial, and resurrection. That is the will of God. Sharing the message of the gospel everywhere we go, that is the will of God. Not only in our actions, but in our words. And loving our neighbor is, falls within the will of God. So all of these things are aligned with the will of God. And our prayer life should be shaped uh, through this lens of kingdom things. Repentance from sin, belief in Jesus, loving our neighbor. This is God's will for our lives. So in saying that, to align our prayers with His will, I, I wrote sort of an example prayer. It's not just an example. It's an, it's an actual prayer, and I want to read that. So as I, as I sat and thought, you know, the Lord's Prayer was pretty brief. Uh, if I'm sticking to that template that He gave us to an example, as an example, He tells us, it we'll read in a minute, not to ramble on like the Gentiles do. He doesn't say ramble, but... I'm from Kentucky, so I say ramble. But my prayer would be this. Heavenly Father, I've, I am a sinful man. Have mercy on me. Allow me to turn away from my sinfulness. I know that the penalty for sin is death, but sometimes I choose my sin over you. Please have mercy on me and restore me. I believe in the message of the gospel. I'm so thankful that you sent Jesus to earth to die for our sins and to give us the abundant life that he promised us. Give me the strength, energy, and courage to share the gospel message with anyone and everyone wherever you send me. Thank you for putting people in my life to love. Allow me to love the people that I encounter on earth with patience and joy. And I pray all of these things in Jesus' name. So just as we analyze, are our prayers kingdom focused? Well, I'm sinful. God, please have mercy on me. Please allow me the strength and the willingness to share boldly and to point people to you in everything that I do. That's a, it feels weird talking about a prayer that I wrote being a God honoring prayer. It seems like, it seems like a, a self-righteous thing to say, well, th this is a God honoring prayer. But I think if our prayer life is, is kingdom focused and, and, and we think we outline our, our thoughts and our prayers to align with, with Jesus's thoughts in scripture, I think that's, that's a God honoring thing to do. So also, as I was thinking about prayer, um, we might think we put pressure on ourselves about prayer, especially if we're praying out loud. We think things like, I'm not a good prayer. Well, that's a, that's a sort of a silly thing to say. I don't, I'm not comfortable praying. You're not, you're not comfortable talking to the Father? He, we're supposed to talk to the Father. I don't know what to say, or I'm nervous. And, and nerves are a real thing, and we're not all called to stand up here and pray out loud or whatever, but don't be nervous about praying. If, if somebody at your at your 
family Thanksgiving or we have Christmas dinners coming up. See it as an honor if somebody asks you to pray out loud. Align your prayer with the will of God. God, I'm sinful. I'm, I'm thankful. I, you've done so many great things. Share praises out loud about God in your prayers. These are, this, is a, this is an exciting thing to be able to pray out loud in front of folks. So don't be nervous about that. And we just keep in mind to align our prayers with the will of God. And you can't go wrong. With, if your will is aligned, if you're tied to the Father, your, prayer are, your prayers are worthy. So no longer can we make the excuse of, I don't know what to say. Talk to the Father. So today we're going to analyze the Lord's Prayer, a.k.a. the Our Father. Uh, when I went, to, I grew up in, a, I went to a Catholic school and, you know, as young children, they just hand, hand us the, the Lord's Prayer on a piece of paper. So when I started to read uh, Scripture as an adult on my own and I encountered the Lord's Prayer, I was like, oh my gosh, there it is. And I'm sure they told us at the time that it came from, from Scripture, but... Uh, I think for a long time I thought it was just a just a thing on a piece of paper. I didn't really analyze that it was an example given to us by Jesus. And again, I'm I'm sure they told us that at the time, but I just I didn't care at the time. So the Lord's Prayer is not intended for us to memorize and repeat over and over. It was Jesus's example to us of how to pray. We sometimes use it. We can use it if we all recited it right now together. Uh, you know, I don't, that, that, w- that would still be God glorifying, but I think he's using it to give us an example of how to pray. So let's break down what Jesus's model of prayer uh, means to us by first reading the passage that we will be covering, which is Matthew chapter six, verses five through 15. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. Or as I said, don't ramble on as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will the Father forgive your trespasses. So I want to go verse, I want to go line by line through the prayer and just just sort of analyze what it means. I think sometimes we read scripture and we really don't stop and think, what, what's he saying here? So our Father in heaven. Our Father is the creator. I didn't I didn't line it, line these out on here. I'm sorry about that. Our Father in heaven. He's our Father. He's our creator. He is the one who gave us life and gives us life on a daily basis. Hallowed be your name. And hallowed is not a word that we use often. I've never used it, I don't think. I think we, I'm thinking about hollow. I was somewhere the other day and we were talking about hollow and uh, I was at the Bex. We were at the Bex and we were talking about hollow and he said holler and his, and his family said, what's a holler? You know, I'm like, how did they not know what a holler is? I know what a holler is. I'm getting off the subject. It's not, ho- it's not holler anyway, it's hallowed. But 
Hallowed just means holy. Your name is holy. You are holy. And our holiness comes from God. He is set apart. When we follow Him, we are set apart. And we desire for our lives to be aligned with your will. And we want to be made holy over time uh, through connection with God. So that would be called sanctification is holiness over time. Being made holy over time is sanctification. So hallowed be your name just means, God, you are holy. You are set apart. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This one's going to take a minute, but... My thought was, God, please use me on this earth for your glory to point people to you in in my moments of weakness and desperation. I want people to come to know you and and be connected to you. And please give me the strength and give us the strength to uh, see your will clearly as as you laid it out in Scripture for us. Use us on this earth uh, to bring your kingdom to this earth. And as I said before, the will of God is that we take the gospel to the ends of the earth. So the line says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if you're sitting here today and you don't understand that, the will of God in your life after you follow God is to point everyone else that you encounter to God himself. That is the will. We don't have to sit around and think, what is God's will for my life? Does he want me to change jobs? Does he want me to move across the country? Maybe he does. But wherever you are, you are to be pointing people to God. So you need to spend time in prayer and thinking specifically where where does God want you to be doing these things maybe. But no matter where you are, that is God's will for your life. We should point our children to Jesus. We should point our family members to Jesus. We should point our neighbors to Jesus. We should continue to point each other to Jesus. Everyone we encounter, we are to point to Jesus. That is God's will for our life. God's kingdom come, His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Remember, we are to be salt and light, and we have been saved by Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And we, when we realize this glorious thing, we must be on mission for the gospel everywhere we go. God is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lost people aren't thinking about God. Lost people aren't communicating with God. Lost people aren't connected to God. We must be their connection to God. We don't save folks, but we have to be the salt and the light for lost people to see God's glory. So this, I have this outlined in the bulletin. This is, this is what I really want. Um, I want you all to grasp out of, out of today. Think about your own prayer life. These are the questions I was, I was getting at earlier. Think about your own prayer life. What does your prayer life consist of? What are you praying about? And here's the, here's the impactful punch for today. If God answered all of your prayers over the last 60 days right now, in this moment, in this room, if He answered every prayer that you have prayed over the last 60 days, who would be saved? Who would turn back to God? Where would churches be planted in this country and, and, and among the nations? What nations would come to know Him? Who would have a deeper faith? Who would be healed from sin? Who would spend eternity with our Creator forever? What are we praying about? Sometimes we pray, sometimes we, simple prayers are fine. And when I say we, I don't mean Bellevue Baptist Church. I mean humans. 
We pray about some silly things sometimes. And I just want you all to think, are our prayers really kingdom focused? Are we really getting on our hands and knees for our family members? I'm preaching to myself here. Are we really taking prayer seriously? Again, I said prayer is, for me, unfortunately, is sort of um, at the bottom of my priority list. And that's a, here I am. A sinful man, God have mercy on me. I choose sometimes not to even speak to you about things. So um, we just have got to align ourselves with kingdom-oriented prayers. We need to be praying about spiritual matters. We need to pray for salvation for our family members and, and people that we encounter all over the place. We need to pray, pray for boldness to share the gospel so that people would turn to Christ. We spend a lot of time praying about our comfort and our security and our health. And these things are great, but these things are luxuries. There's, there's, these aren't bad things to pray about, but these things can be idols. And, and I think to myself, maybe you know, a bold prayer would be, God, my comfort and my health and security are the ultimate idols of my life. If it will bring your kingdom glory, then strip these things away from me. That would be, that's a, that's a, that's a scary but God-honoring prayer. God, take away these things that I really, really, really care about so that I can better point people to you. And you might be thinking, I, I missed a line here. You might be thinking, well, how can, I, how can I share the gospel? How can I be kingdom-focused if I'm not comfortable or secure or healthy? Well, there's places, on, think about Israel. Are they comfortable and secure and healthy? Think about Afghanistan. Are they comfortable and secure and healthy? Think about any other Ukraine. There's so many places. The, I just want to make the point that these things that we, many, most of us have, this comfort and this health, modern medicine, and our security, we, our 401ks, all these things, these are luxuries that other people don't, don't get to have. So again, maybe our prayers should be... Um, God, strip these idols, strip these things I'm living for uh, away from me so that I can better focus on you. And that again, that's a scary, scary prayer, but maybe it's the most God-honoring prayer that we could pray. Maybe we need to say things like, I will, I'm willing to suffer financially. If you're willing to die on the cross for me, I'm willing to suffer financially, physically, whatever it takes to see your kingdom come. That's a bold prayer. And don't think that I'm not... I get wrapped up in these comforts and this security and this health the same as everybody else. And when I say everybody, I'm not persecuting the, the Bellevue Baptists. I'm persecuting Christianity as we know it today in the United States specifically. That's where I am. That's where I get to see Christianity. And it's, it's about, mostly it's about comfort and church buildings and fog machines and, and light shows and all of these things. But the church are the people that believe in Jesus, not a building, not a place, not a smoke machine, not a guitar, none of that. We are to point people to Jesus. Moving on, I gotta move off that one. I'll get too excited. Give us this day our daily bread. I'm gonna get excited about this one too. This is referencing our daily physical needs, not our monthly needs, not our yearly needs, not our annual needs, not our retirement needs, our daily needs. And we need to think less about 30 years from now, uh, Probably don't stop saving money if you are, but let's not dwell on 
what, what our lives are going to look like 30 years from now because, newsflash, we don't know. We don't know what our lives are going to look like 30 minutes from now. Today is the only day we're promised, and it might not even be the full day. What would your prayer... Here's another one of these rhetorical questions. What would your prayer for your daily needs look like if this was your last day on earth? That should be your prayer every day because we don't know. When, does anybody in the room know when their last day on earth will be? I don't. And I assume that nobody else is uh, clairvoyant in that either. But if we prayed today as if today was our last day on earth, what would our prayer life look like then? Who would we pray would be saved? Who would we pray would turn back to God? Who would we pray? How would we pray for ourselves so that we could carry out the gospel today, not next week, not next month or next year? How can we pray uh, for the kingdom today? Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Every day should be a day of repentance in the life of the believer. We all have sin in our lives. We're all trying really hard to turn away from sin. But every, every prayer that we have should include something about our sin nature. God, I am struggling in this. Please take this idol away from me. Please take this away from me. I am, I am broken and I am poor in spirit and I need you today. We are sinners. Even though we, 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 we're following Jesus, we still sin. And we must ask for God's forgiveness and also seek to forgive others who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. There is, I'm sure people know this, there's temptation in this world, a whole lot of it. God does not tempt us, but God can use our temptations for His good. This does not mean that we should linger in our temptations. Remember uh, a couple of weeks ago, maybe I said, flee, don't flirt. And that's not, uh, I didn't make that up. Somebody else did. But not just with sexual sin, but all sin. We shouldn't flee, or we, sh we should flee. We shouldn't flirt with sin. We don't linger around in these dangerous areas, just dipping our toe in, thinking, oh, that's kind of nice. That's kind of nice. We need to run. That is repentance. Turn the other way and go. The enemy prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. We, we know this to be true. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will the, your Father forgive your trespasses. We were covering these verses in a Bible study a couple, couple years ago, and I thought, I don't really have, any, nobody's really wronged me. Who am I? How can I? I've never really given the opportunity, and I don't, well, I don't wish this opportunity on anybody, but I don't have anybody to forgive, really. Now, I've, I've had a good, easy life. Everybody's nice to me for the most part. And then suddenly some things happened, and I had a handful of people uh, that I got to exercise that forgiveness that I so greatly wondered about. And... Uh, and I also had to ask for forgiveness through the process. So I'm not saying God threw that stuff on me because I pondered those things, but there will be a time in your life where you will have the opportunity to forgive somebody. And it might be one of the most difficult things you've ever done. So let's see if I can find myself here. What's your prayer life like? That's the question of the day. What's it like? What do you want it to be like? What does it need to look like? 
you, only you can answer these questions. God answers, he's, he's laid out His will for us. But how are we praying? What are we praying about? Is our prayer the same over and over and over? Or is it unique to the day? Is your prayer, like, is your prayer a first response or a last resort? Do you find yourself praying uh, when you blow out a tire on the side of the road in emergencies? Uh, the bank account's getting low, so we're praying. Or are you praying the way that Jesus outlined in the chapter? We thank, we thank and praise the Father. We know that He's holy and just. Uh, we pray that we can be used, we personally can be used by Him for His kingdom on earth while we're here. Are you praying for your daily needs so that you can glorify God today? Are you praying for your lifelong, money-saving, American dream needs that uh, he, I don't see any of that uh, in, in, this, in this line, so, or in this uh, outline that he's given us. Are we praying for forgiveness for ourselves and from others? Are we praying for strength to overcome the temptations of the devil in our lives? So I'll ask it again. What does your prayer life look like? Are you praying for people to be saved? Are you praying for people to turn back to God? Are you praying for churches to be planted across this country? Biblical churches, not just we don't need more buildings. We don't need all the smoke and mirrors. We need biblical churches where people are really doing the kingdom work. Are you praying for a deeper faith within yourself and with others in this building? Are you praying for people to be healed from sin in their lives and in our own lives? And are you praying for people to come to know Christ so that they can dwell with Him forever? And that's the, that's the line, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the kingdom coming looks like people being saved. And it looks like people repenting and turning from their nonsense and their sin and their own personal desires. So remember, if, if God was to answer our prayers, if we actually had the belief that God, we do have the belief, but if we prayed today like God was going to answer that prayer today, what would our prayer be? Jesus is telling us to pray like this. He wants us to live for the kingdom of God, and He wants us to pray kingdom prayers. So let's, let's pray kingdom prayers. And this is your all's favorite part. This is, your all, this is going to be your all's favorite line. I want to close by reading Philippians chapter 4, verses 4-7. through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. I have that part bold and underlined. The Lord is at hand. Here's another part we all need to hear. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The Lord is at hand. We don't need to run around anxious about all of this stuff, all of the things that we worry about. Let's live today our daily bread. We ha only have a certain amount of needs for this day. Let's, let's begin to think. Thank and praise the Lord every single day with the air that you have to breathe. Oh God, you've given me air to breathe another day. I know we all have food in the refrigerator. I know we do. Go home and eat that food and have energy to do this kingdom work. We don't need to be anxious about these things. We get to spend eternity with the king. Let's, I'm preaching to myself, let's put a smile on our face and live that way. Let's live that way. All of us, not just at Bellevue, the church, the believers in Jesus, let's begin to live that way. 
Don't be anxious about your life, Paul tells us in God's inspired word. Don't be anxious because the Lord is at hand and we need to make our kingdom requests known to God. And I want to, uh, we're going to have a special prayer time today. And it's just going to be, we're going to have Sandy playing nice, soft, delicate prayer, uh, uplifting music. And we're going to sit in our seats for a couple minutes, three, four, five minutes. And we're going to pray some of these things. Think about people. Think about people. If you want to pray with your family, do that. Uh, but think about people in your all's lives. Excuse me. Think about people in your lives that uh, are, are friend, like they're beginning to understand maybe some things about the Lord. And you can see a small change in them or a large change. But think about people like that. God, please make it well known to them. Make it obvious to them that you are God. And, and think about... Uh, Think about repentance. Think about this person that I love is sinning. Or maybe it's yourself. Lord, I have this weight of sin that I don't want. Take that nonsense away from me. Let's just spend a couple minutes uh, in, you know, of quiet time just praying. We're still going to have a, an invitation time after that. But uh, Sandy, if you'll play and, and we'll pray and uh, we'll call it play and pray. But... Um, Let's just spend this time just really thinking about kingdom-oriented prayers, God-glorifying prayers that, that God's kingdom will come and His will will be done on this earth. Just think about these things and pray these things. And, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll start talking again in a minute. So just spend the next couple minutes uh, praying some kingdom prayers. Pray for repentance of people. Pray, pray for God's goodness. Pray that people would be saved or, or people will turn back to God or churches would be planted or people have deeper faith. Just spend a couple minutes praying.
Heavenly Father, I just want to lift up all these prayer requests for lost people and and people to turn back to You and for sin to be erased from our lives. Our sin has already been forgiven, uh, but that doesn't mean we want to keep on sinning. And just allow us to allow us to stay kingdom focused and kingdom oriented. That um, that Your will will be done and. We're thankful for the daily need that you've given us. We're all breathing air in this room, and that is one thing that we need, and we're thankful for that, that we can come here this morning and glorify you with our prayers. And I just pray that that we will see salvation because of the prayers in this room. I pray that we'll see salvations today because of prayers in this room. Uh, that, And I pray that as we leave here today that our that our Prayers stay focused on kingdom things and people being saved and, and not for comforts and security and health. Uh, those, are, those are things that sometimes need praying for, but our, our prayer life should be focused on souls that don't know you. And uh, I just pray that, that people come to know you because of our boldness and because of our willingness to shine your light. And I pray that as we have this time of invitation, that if anybody's here and doesn't know you and and wants to know more about you, even if it's their first step or their 10th step or whatever. I don't even know all the steps. There aren't steps. I don't know. But if there's anybody that, that wants to live this kingdom life, knowing that this earth is uh, short-lived, but life with you is forever, uh, just just give them the boldness to come forward and have that conversation. And, and, uh, and we can all celebrate together. And I pray all of these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.